This is Floyd Hughes, pastor of Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. I just wanted to share about my new book, Act Like an E-Christian. The E stands for evangelical. And despite what you may have heard, evangelical Christianity has nothing to do with politics. It has to do with the reason the body of Christ exists, sharing the gospel. My book, a devotional based on the book of Acts, prayerfully encourages Christ followers to return to our evangelical roots of sharing the gospel with folks in our circles of influence. It's available on Amazon in paperback and for Kindle, and you can pick up a copy today. Thanks and God bless. You're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. Okay, I'm the coolest. That voice that says this meeting is being recorded wigs me out every time I hear it. I don't know why they, I wonder if there's a way to mute that. No, no, no. Okay. Uh, well, I am Pastor Floyd Hughes from Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. And I am Mark Berkshire with Mark Berkshire Ministries in Fairchance, Pennsylvania. And today <clears throat> we're actually talking about two topics. The first, uh, is pastor burnout, which could probably be applied to more than just pastors. Uh, there's a lot of people that are being burnt out. Um, even though everyone complained about 2020, 2021 has still had its challenges. We're about halfway through it. Um, but a lot of people are being burnt out. And Mark and I are on a lot of the same pastoral chat groups. And we see pastors all the time who are like, that's it. I'm done. I'm out. I'm quit. I can't take it anymore. Either I can't take the congregation fighting over stuff or can't take the board or I just, I'm just done. Um, so what are some things that uh, pastors can do to prevent just getting burnt out? Take a day. I was going to say, before you start, I know you're going to say first and foremost, pray. Yeah. <laughs> Spend some time that with is. that. So yeah, add that in there. And then what were you going to say? What else were you going to add? I was going to say that, but I was going to say also, make sure that you take care of yourself. So take a day off or two days off a week to just mute the phones, do whatever, stay off, stay off social media whatever you need to do, but take a day, at least one day for yourself that you're not, you're not constantly, I mean, I know as a pastor, we are constantly 24 seven thinking about other people, other problems that we've, we've come across during the week or whatever, but we have to have a time where we have to say, this is my time. I know you go to the gym, um, you like movies, um, you know, go read a good book. Um, just do something that is for you and, and your family, you know, make sure you have that family time in there as well. Um, burnout comes in a lot of different ways, a lot of different forms. And 2020 and 2021 has been stressful to say the least yeah yeah at a and, minimum <laughs> yeah yeah so you know we we need to try to find a way with god's help to just de-stress at least one day a week and i know i i get a lot of not a lot but some people give me grief for this because usually in the evening once my wife gets home uh either I or she, usually she, because there's alarms and all kind of things going off on my phone, she'll put it on silent yeah. or I'll put it on silent. And the only time I'll pick it up is if I just want to search, look for something on the internet or whatever. And that that's just the way it's been for a few years and it works. Um, I have missed some calls that, uh, Nothing life-threatening where I got back to people. I didn't see it for a couple hours because I didn't pick up my phone for a couple hours or I didn't get back to them until the next morning. 
and the world kept spinning and life went on. Um, I know. Yeah, I, I also, like you said, I, there are days, well, during COVID, you know, I couldn't uh, go to the movies. So there are days uh, where I literally, I would wake up in the morning, my day off. Um, you know, I do my God time, uh, do a quick workout. And then I would sit in front of the TV and catch up on TV shows. Uh, my phone on silent off on, you know, the right on the table and just flip through not the news, because that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> just flip through and get caught up on TV shows I haven't watched in a while. Um, and I still do that on my day off. Uh, now that movies are back, uh, I think a couple of weeks ago was the first time I've been in the movies in like six, seven, eight months. Uh, I, I was my day off. Uh, after my workout, I went to see a movie at like, I think it was like 12 noon or something. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, just was like, that was my, my, my me time. And I think pastors have to take, well, I mean, you said it perfectly time for themselves or time with the family. Um, yeah. And here's, here's one of the things I know I've, I've had so many arguments and discussions. I don't want to say arguments, but discussions with people who are legalistic about this, but um we need to take seriously the command to take a Sabbath, mm -hmm. uh, not the legalism. It has to be on this day. Um, Cause it's, it's, and that's just my opinion. The days of the week weren't invented when God said this, right? It's just, Hey, start this day. Uh, and then six days you work, but on the seventh day, take a Sabbath. And it wasn't just a rest. It was a rest and spending time with God. Mm -hmm. And he, he, he said, it's because, you know, I did this and I want you to do this. I worked six days and then I rested on the seventh. I want you to work six days and rest on the seventh. And it's not a legalism thing, but yeah, I think it's huge to take a day of just resting and make sure part of that day is spending time with God. But what about the pastors who are so overworked that they can't find a day off? Because I, I see that a lot. That yeah, there's too much to do, especially small church pastors, because we're doing kind of everything, you know, we're the butcher, baker, candlestick maker, cleaner, preacher, tech team, whole thing. If there's something that you can put off until tomorrow, put it off until tomorrow. I mean, you have to, you have to make, you have to schedule time. If it, that's what it means is to schedule time in. To your to your week schedule time in to say this is my time maybe maybe you don't get a whole day maybe you only get a half a day but you have to still take that time to take care of yourself and and i think with pastors we feel guilty because we we have to we feel like we need to be there all the time and be available all the time and we beat ourselves up but even jesus rested he went out on his own early in the morning or late at night he you would see in the bible where he he goes off by himself so we have to use him as an example to go off by ourselves sometimes um and and to to really i i put it on our our facebook page i think yesterday on our group, um, love your neighbor, that sometimes we just need to know that it's okay to be not okay. And so in that we need to, instead of um, beating ourselves up, we need to get into the word and get encouraged by god that you know david did that a lot a lot of the the disciples did that paul did that a lot um there's there's many examples in the bible of people who got discouraged got down but realized that they couldn't do it themselves you know living a christian life living a pastor's life is impossible but god can make that difference. We can only do it through God. We can't do it on our own.
Yeah, and I I would add that uh, not just a pastor, anyone, because it wasn't just hard on pastors. Right. Definitely hard on a lot of other people. But when you're a pastor, there is there's the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual drainage that comes from um, constantly trying to give to other people. Uh, but I would add that it's okay, like you said, to not be okay. Um, I would add it's probably not okay to stay that way. Right. That, exactly. that if, if, if you're there, that's okay, but don't make that home. Uh, right. uh, and, and it's okay to talk to a professional. A lot of pastors feel like, <clears throat> like you said, I got to do this all myself and yeah, I'm praying about it, but it's okay. If you have to go talk to a professional counselor, uh, if you have another friend or a mentor or someone in your denomination, a district leader or someone you can talk to, that's great. But if you have to go talk to a professional counselor, feel free to do that. Reach yeah. out to someone, have the conversation. Um, I would say try to look for someone Christian because there are some counselors out there that are not Christian. And, uh, you know, you start telling them that you're waiting on God or talking to God and they may want to have you committed. True story. Yeah. That, has, <laughs> that has happened to people before. So, uh, um, yeah, but go seek help. It, that, right. that, there's nothing wrong with that. And, and I was just going to say that, 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 you know, there's nothing wrong with reaching out and asking someone to help when you feel overwhelmed. No. Um, you know, um, I've done it many, many times where I've had to ask someone to help. Um, you know, I, you know, you're one of my key people. I, I text when I go into an anxiety attack that I text and say, Hey, my anxiety is high. Please pray. And that's all I do, you know, and just knowing that someone is there praying for you can make a big difference. Yeah. You know, and I, I will add this. Um, there are some people, pastors, everyone really who lost people during, especially because of the pandemic. Um, and that may be a source of added burnout, um, not just losing people who lost their lives, <clears throat> but also for pastors, it's when people walk away yeah. from the congregation. That's hard. It's not like, I mean, we go through lives and we change jobs and friends move away or whatever, but you've got this large group of people uh, that become really family in essence. Mm -hmm. And then they say, in essence, I don't want to be family with you anymore. And they walk away. And that's a hard thing for a lot of pastors to deal with. I've had numerous people who left our church for a variety of reasons. Uh, but um, I learned years ago to make an intentional effort to try to stay in connection with them. And pretty much everyone who has left our congregation, I'm still on good terms with. Some of them I still play games with. Some of them I still hang out with, some of them I still go see, uh, some of them I just message back and forth, you know, online, uh, but to make it clear that, hey, maybe this isn't the best place for you, but we're still family, right? Uh, we have this eternal bond, you know, the, the same spirit that raised me from the dead and raised you from the dead, raised Jesus from the dead, um, is in all of us, so we're, we're in, a, in essence, you know, uh, blood. <laughs> yeah. Um, since Christ shed his blood for all of us. So the same blood was shed for all of us. Uh, uh, and, and, and unless there's some relational thing that we can't get over, um, which to the best of my knowledge, and uh, somebody will probably text me and say, Hey, what about <laughs> or email me? But uh, not that that many people listen, but to the best of my, my knowledge, there's not anyone that has left our congregation that I'm not still in touch with or still friends with or still hang out with um there are some people that left and and um you know they're the people who i call to like hey can you watch my house when i'm gone yeah um, so uh i i think that can be one of the biggest sources of burnout especially for small church pastors when you're a pastor of like three thousand ten thousand whatever you may not know every family probably don't and when they leave, you may have no idea. Right. But when you're a church of 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, uh, and a family of four, three, two, eight, or whatever, 
leave, you feel that. And right. some of the hardest conversations are when they say, hey, it's, it's, it's just not working for us. Yeah. And, and you can't take it personal. You know, you, you can't make it a personal thing about you. Um, because we're not here, as you said many times, we're not here to build a congregation. We're here to build the kingdom of God. Amen. Yeah. And that, that is something that most pastors don't get the concept of, I don't believe. And that is a big part of their burnout because when you see the bigger picture of God's mercy just didn't fall on my congregation or your congregation, God's mercy fell on everyone. And we are to build the kingdom of God, not the church building of God, yeah. if that makes any, any sense. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, burnout and depression, frustration, um, discouragement, it comes in all forms. It comes in all manners. It comes to everyone, not just pastors, as you said. And the biggest thing that I've, I've learned throughout this pandemic is that we need to be more aware as pastors, as church leaders of the mental health issues that are, that are around us. Things that people are going through that we don't even know, but they just look sad. Hmm. We need to be an encouragement to them, not a judge to them, not judging them for their lifestyle, their whatever, their habits, their, their, you know, but we need to be an encouragement to encourage them that, hey, you're not the only one going through something right now. You're not the only one that has ever faced this. There's others out there that are going through the same thing you're going through. And I don't know exactly what you're going through. I don't know exactly how you feel, but I know somebody that does. Yeah. And, you know, we, we as pastors have, <laughs> I always say my boss isn't the church. My boss is God. We have the we have the best boss in the universe. And he cares and he understands everything that we're going through. And, you know, he knows us by name. He knows, you know, everything about us. And he still wants to reach out and love us. And we have to remember that no matter who's against us, what's facing, what we're facing, we've got someone who's on our side, who is always going to be there for us. Hmm. So um, I'm going to, I'm going to add to the, the, the seek help and, and something that um, I forgot where I heard it, but heard it years ago that also that we should celebrate the little victories. Um, yes. That may not apply and it may not make sense to everyone else dealing with anxiety and depression and, and, and just burnout. Uh, but from a pastoral perspective, and I saw this in one of the pastoral groups, I forget which one, uh, where someone, one of the pastors said, hey, what good thing is going on in your congregations? And people were posting, so many people got saved and you know, we just got uh, approval for this expansion and all these good things. And uh, someone put nothing went bad on Sunday. Yeah. And that was that was the good thing that was going on. And I was like, yes, you celebrate that. Jump up and down, have a party. Uh, yeah, because you've got to celebrate the, the small little victories there were people that had hey we've had the x number of visitor and x number of weeks and all that stuff and a lot 
for especially small church pastors that are in a small community where every, they've already gotten everyone they're going to get. Yeah. It's hard to find um, things to celebrate. Uh, so find the small things um, and, and celebrate and rejoice in those and praise God for them. Uh, and then even if it's weeks before the next small thing, when it happens, celebrate that. Yeah, and, and I'll go step, uh, I'll expand on that is even in everyday life as, as not even pastors, just everyone find those small things. You know, the housewife, hey, I got the kitchen clean today. That's a good victory. You know, maybe it takes a while to get it done, but find the small things that, as you said, that, that you can, you can rejoice in. There's, there's something every day that we can be happy for and we can be blessed by. I don't care who you are, what you're doing, what your life situation is. There's something every day that you can look at and say, God did that, you know, and that that's you know i read a book several years ago that said surprise me and i went through the 30 days of asking god to surprise me that day you know i wake up in the morning and my prayer was god surprise me and just the things that happen that you don't look at intentionally that that happen every day that god does and we just need to be aware of what he's doing in our lives yeah yeah definitely worth looking at and taking time to stop and acknowledge anything any good blessing that god pours out on you i uh, i'll share this too because um i know we have like you know the, the award season they're coming back for hollywood yeah uh, i think the emmys are coming up you know the oscars all that kind of stuff uh and i saw a post that uh my cousin made uh I think it was like May of 2020. Um, and it was like, she said next year, I don't want to see, and I don't know if it was her original thing or she got it from somewhere. She said, I don't want to see awards for actors and actresses and that kind of thing. I want to see awards and gift bags for doctors and nurses and truck drivers and the restaurant waiters and waitresses that are running out to our cars to bring us food. I want to see awards for them. And if that doesn't happen, then we as a nation suck. Yeah. And that hasn't happened. Uh, not saying we as a nation suck, but just saying, you know, the, the free pizza parties for the doctors and nurses didn't really cut what they went through. Uh, and the truck drivers who had to do even more, um, yeah. they weren't getting that. Um, uh, I have a, a friend who was like a brother to me growing up. Uh, he was a bus driver in New York and um, or still is a bus driver in New York. Uh, and they did a news piece on him because he was trying to encourage all the other bus drivers in New York city at a time when like literally hundreds of bus drivers were coming down with COVID. Yeah. And he's like, Hey, we've, we've got it. And some of them were like, I'm out, I'm quitting. Cause this was early on. We don't, you know, no one knew what was going on. And he was like, no, we got to stay the course. We've got to get the doctors to, you know, and nurses to the hospital. Uh, we've got to get the people who are going in to get medicine, all this stuff. And he was trying to encourage them to stay the course. Um, even after, um, I think it was uh, mid or end of April, his father died because of COVID um, and his father was like a father figure to me. So um, I think that we have in the midst, we were like, yay, celebrate all these people and let's do what we can so that they don't get burnt out and depressed and, and anxious and all that stuff. And then once everything got okay, we forgot about them. Yeah. We, we didn't do anything to celebrate them or acknowledge them other than, you know, the pizza party or whatever thing. And I think that if people in those situations can definitely easy get distressed because they were under huge amounts of stress and anxiety for long periods of time with the expectation that once this stops, you know, 
I don't know, there'll be some kind of light at the end of the tunnel and it's still not there. Right, right. I, I was encouraged this, this past week, Don and I went to Lancaster and we drove it past this nursing home assisted living facility and there's a big sign out front that said heroes work here. And so they, they, these people go in to work every day and they see the sign of encouragement that heroes work here. You know, you think about it, just a little bit of that encouragement means something, you know, yeah. and, um, you know, you're right. We, we, we don't give them enough props to, to go on, you know, and um, it, it's they're they're in this they're in they're in the the depths of it, you know. Yeah. And um, so, I will say that, uh, and I don't remember if I mentioned this on any of our podcasts that Marvel Comics came out with a comic book because um, they you know they do superhero stuff. Um, and I forget what it was called, but it was talking about, you know, the true heroes, the real heroes, and they use several um, nurses, male and female, from the Pittsburgh area. Oh, and cool. a few of them were from the local hospital where, where my wife works at Jefferson. So I was like, all right, good. Some, some big organization, even though it's not like you know, everyone was like, pay off their stool debt or whatever, even though it's not like some big celebration, it's a step to recognize and acknowledge you guys are heroes and we right. appreciate what you've done. And they can hold on to that for, I mean, if it was me, I mean, I would have it laminated and, yeah. and, and framed and, and everything else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I would take it out every year and show somebody who yeah. didn't know about it, but that's something they can show their kids and their grandkids and and yeah. And I'm still trying to get a copy. So if anyone out there has a copy of that, I don't care what it costs. I would love a copy. <laughs> My wife isn't in it, but um, that's like collector's item. That is so cool. Right. But I wanted to mention also um, a sabbatical uh, because I know. Uh, Dave Jacobs, who runs one of the pastors groups that we're a part of, has talked about that in the past, how important it is for pastors to take a sabbatical, which is like a one, two, or even three months away from everything where you're still yeah. paid. Um, and, 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 but you go out and refresh and, and do whatever you have to do to keep yourself mentally strong and healthy and um i i love the concept but as a pastor of a small church i'm like i don't know how you make that happen yeah you know i i just it's great when you have like multiple associate pastors and worship leaders and children's ministry leaders and you and all these other people where you could just you know step out and, and, and they'll step in and, and things will keep running. But when, you know, you're, you're the tech team, you're the, this team, you're the, that team, uh, trying to step away for three months is just unheard of. And I don't know about you. I would feel guilty still getting paid. Yeah. <laughs> Even that... though I'm not paid a whole lot. I would still feel guilty. Part yeah. of me says, yeah, you deserve it. That's what a sabbatical is. But part of me would be like, well, they've got to pay me. And I've got to pay someone to cover me. I'm adding a financial burden, you know, not as yeah. big of a deal when you've already got a bunch of people on staff to cover it. Right. I don't know. What are your, your, your thoughts on pastors taking sabbaticals? I'm not against I, it. I'm just, I can't I, see the reality of it. I'm not against it either. Um, I don't know that. A, I think, I think. There, there, it's a two, it's a two-edged sword. Because on one hand, it is great to get away and do that. On the other hand, when you're away and you're doing that, if you're doing it for the wrong reasons, if you're just, you know, focused, 
a lot of pastors don't come back after sabbatical. <laughs> they they just decide, you know wow. what? I can do better out in the world than I can here in this church. I don't have to have the headaches. So they leave, you know. I, I, I've seen it both ways. Um, I, I think it's important for pastors to take time for themselves. I really do. And I think even if you just have a guest speaker in for a couple weeks and you get to sit back and just get fed, um, or you walk away and you go visit another church and get fed, um, I can see that even for a month to do that. Um, three months, I think, is just a little, a little crazy in my mind, but that's me, you know, and I, I'm like you, I would feel guilty after the first two weeks, you know, because of the financial burden that I'm putting on my church. Yeah. You know, um, and, and, and I think for some pastors, like you said, if they, if they're in a mega church or they have a big congregation and they have people that will step in and, you know, do it fine. That that's great for you. Um, but reality is, I think I saw a stat on, on one of the pastor sites that, you know, 80% of the churches in America are small churches. Yeah. Less than a hundred people. You can't, that's it, for me, that's not realistic to take a three month sabbatical. In a uh, small for me, church. it's not realistic. You to, know, to even for them that, I mean, if you've got less than a hundred people, I don't see how you're going to take even a full month. I just, I right. don't, I, I, I'm not, I, I'm not against it. If you right. can make it work, make it work. But I just, uh. and, 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 you know, if, if you're that, if you're that burnt out to where you need that much time, then you're, you're, you're not doing in, in my mind, this is the way my mind works. You're not doing something right in, you know, to get there, you're working, your wheels are turning, but they're not moving. Yeah. You know, if that makes any sense. I, yeah, I, yeah. I they're probably spending a lot of time in a lot of areas that they don't need to. Right. That aren't yielding any fruit. And this is one area where I definitely agree with Dave Jacobs, where he says, then just don't. Right. And there's yeah. a lot of areas where I was doing that. And then I was like, well, I don't, I get yeah. no joy from this and there is no fruit from this. So why, why keep doing this? So we yeah. just, just stop. And, and when someone approaches you and says, Hey, why don't we start this ministry of such and such? My answer was always go for it. Yeah. And let don't, me know what you need let to me know. do that. Exactly. Don't, yeah. don't say, okay, I'll take care of that and I'll do it. Yeah. Have the person who's suggesting it do it. If they really want that ministry and they feel God is leading them to do that, then yeah. by all means do it. Yeah. You yeah. know, and let me know what you need in order for you to make that happen. Cause I just don't have the time to do right. That. Great idea. Uh, and if you don't have the time, maybe we put it on the back burner until someone who does have the time. We'll do it. We'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's what pastors need to be encouraged. There's nothing wrong with doing it that way. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're, we are not, we are called to preach the word of God. That's what a pastor is called to do. All of these other things that come in line with ministry is a lot of stuff that basically doesn't need to be there. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, I, I've always said, and I've told my, my people this, in a perfect world, if we had enough people and staff, uh, the only things that I would do would be focus on a sermon. Mm -hmm. Um uh, spend time developing and meeting the needs of the team leaders, and then uh, not necessarily an outreach ministry, but being out in the community, finding out what the needs of the community are. Right. Uh, That's other the than idea that, of the world. that would, those would be my three primary things. Right. And everything else would 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 be handled by other people in a perfect yeah. way. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, burnout is real. That's one thing we have to, we have to realize is burnout in anyone's life is real. Yeah. At some point in, in time, in our lifespan, we're going to be burnt out by something. Yeah. Even Here's, if it's kids. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. You know? um, one of the things that I did find though, and this has helped just for me, I can't say this for everyone has helped me is that I don't get burnt out as much when I'm only focusing my time and energy on the things that I enjoy. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't mean I don't do the things I don't enjoy. I do a little bit of everything. But when I focus a maximum amount of my time is on the things that I enjoy. So even when the going gets hard and it starts to suck. Yeah. But I, I believe in this. I enjoy this. So I can, I can just ride it through the hard times and uh, still be okay. Right. Um, but when you're doing things that you don't enjoy and that you're like, it just needs to be done. Uh, and that's where you're spending a lot of your time on then yeah, you're going to get burnt out quicker. Um, you have yeah. no reason to try to persevere. You, you hate being there and doing that thing anyway. Yeah. And, and, and let me, let me, let me say this too, that if we focus on the burnout and what is causing the burnout, then we're going to continue to be burnout. We got to redirect our focus when we see the burnout is coming and we know and you may be in the middle of a burnout when you see it there refocus re refocus get your get your focus back on god get your focus back on your relationship with god and build from there you know um again you're not in this alone god and, and if that means to reach out to someone like you said professionally reach out to them. If it means reaching out to a friend that you can trust and you know that, that you can share with, reach out to them. Um, but don't let the burnout get to, to the point of being a blazing flame yeah. instead of simmering coals. So we're going to transition um, from talking about pastor burnout to talking about patriotism uh, because Independence <clears throat> Day is coming up, um, not this weekend, but the following weekend. Uh, and you were saying something before we started recording um, about, because we were talking about the fact that the, the original intent was for this nation to be a Christian nation, to be a God-honoring nation. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll elaborate on that a little bit later uh but you were saying that originally was or actually what were you saying go ahead i was saying for many years that was the case you can go back into the 50s the 60s um the early part of the 60s we were a very christian based nation um we followed the principles of god we followed the principles that the Bible set forth. Um, it wasn't until the mid to late sixties that things started to change and generation after generation after generation moved from being Christian to being I don't want to say non-Christian because it's not so much that, but being our focus switched from being focused on God to being more focused on what we can do for ourselves. Um, a lot of people will say, well, this was never supposed to be, or this isn't a Christian nation. I agree. It isn't a Christian nation now. Um, uh, it's a nation that has a lot of Christians in it. Um, and a good majority of those Christians are Christian in name only. In other words, they're mm -hmm. not living out Christian values. But the original intent uh, was that it was to be a nation founded upon godly values. From the Declaration of Independence, which says we're, we, we're risking our lives to fight for 
freedoms that only God can give and no man has the right to take away. That's one of the reasons they were declaring their independence because they felt like uh, England and the king were violating their God-given rights. Right. And even insofar as when we formed the nation and people say, well, there is after that, there is no intent um, for it to be God, but it declares even in the constitution that the liberties we're, we, we are doing this to declare these liberties for which we fought for. And Mm -hmm. those liberties were liberties that we fought for based on the fact that we believe they were God given. And many of the founding fathers, just like many pastors and people today have different understandings of who God is or whatever. Uh, but uh, as many people uh, all had an understanding that we need God to guide this country. Uh, George Washington said that we need to be more distinguished. It should be our highest glory to add the more distinguished character of Christian. Uh, John Adams said that um, if you were to find a group of people and just give them nothing but the Bible as their law, um, that it would be the best place on earth. He said a utopia and a paradise would that region be um, Thomas Jefferson, uh, Benjamin Franklin. Uh, Benjamin Franklin said, here's my creed. I believe in one God, the creator of the universe, that he governs it by his presence and that he ought to be worshiped. Uh, and he signed both the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. So um, I feel like the intent of the founding fathers was that we would be a God honoring nation. Right. If you look at us today, we are nowhere near that. Right. But that's when we, in my mind, and I get a lot of grief for this because of all the racism and this and that and the other, but in my mind, when we celebrate independence day, that's what we were fighting for. Not just to be free from Great Britain, but to celebrate and fight for the God-given rights that God has given us. And I feel like, man, some people today just don't even, for them, and I get mad when I see this, uh, the pastors, and you've probably seen this as well, and I don't know what your stance is, the pastors are like, I'm not putting a flag in my church blah, 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 because, and all this stuff. And I'm like, I, I don't get it. I don't, I, I don't get how you can celebrate independence day and separate it from um, Christianity. Right. At all. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree 100% with you. I mean, as you look at, as, as you look at where we were and, and what we left as the founding fathers left England to come here, as you said, we were fighting for freedom of religion. That was the biggest thing that caused them to leave. And now we find ourselves today fighting for freedom of religion again, back at the same thing. And it's not, it's not, how do I put this? I think we've lost our focus as a nation when, uh, and, and we can get into this discussion at another time, but when, when you see the mass murder of babies that happen every year, um, the godlessness that's coming. But the thing to, that I look at too is this is to be expected. The Bible tells us that this is going to happen, that this was going to happen, that we were all going to, you know, face certain amounts of persecution, certain amounts of strife, if you truly want to be a Christ follower. So Independence Day is a celebration of, yes, our independence as a nation, but if you turn it and put it as, and I think it's appropriate that it falls on a Sunday this year. It's our independence. Yeah, yeah. It's our independence from the world. 
from the worldview. That's what a that's what a Christ follower should be celebrating, is our independence from sin. We are not now dependent on sin as a Christ follower. And to put a flag in the church, I, I think I agree with you. I think that's ridiculous for someone to say they're not putting a flag in the church. My flag flies out in front of my house 24-7. And I have a spotlight on it at night. I do everything the way it's supposed to be done. But it flies 24-7. And it's not because of, well, it is because of pride. I'm proud to be an American. I'm proud to be living in this country right now because in many countries, as you know, my passion for the persecuted church, there is no freedom. There's no freedom. We still have that freedom for how long, I don't know, but we still have it as of right now. Yeah, I I, I definitely agree. Um, I, I, I can't see celebrating um independence day apart from uh, it, it's kind of like i'm i'm yes i'm an american citizen uh yes i'm a citizen of heaven um so yeah i i can't see separating those two no i and i don't see how people can um so um i mean the people i don't say this because i feel like it would be sarcasm and they would take the wrong way but to the people that say I'm not putting a flag in my church. I'm like, do you have one in your house? Yeah. And I'm like, why is it okay to have one in your house? Are you not a Christian when you're at home? When you walk out of your building where you hold your Sunday celebrations, you leave your Christianity there and do something else when you get at home. So why is it okay in one place and not the other? If it's not okay in your church, it shouldn't be okay in your home. Right. If it's not okay in your home, it shouldn't be okay in your church. Um, um, I don't fly one outside my house. We have one in the church. I wear all kind of, um, just like I wear all kind of Christian paraphernalia and shirts. I wear just as many, you know, freedom, American, blah, 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 uh, independence shirts as well. So I, I, I just, I can't understand how people can separate the two. And just cause I can't understand it is not me saying it's wrong. Right. I'm just saying it in, in my mind, the rationale and the reasoning doesn't work. Right. And, and, and I'll go, I mean, I'll go a step further. Freedom has no color. Freedom is for everyone. Black, white, yellow, green, I don't care. It is for all. And that's one of the other things that our founding fathers was trying to make sure of, that everyone had the same rights, the same um, chance to, to better themselves, no matter of their sex, their color, their orientations, I don't care. Freedom is for all. And in, in my mind, that's all, that's one of the problems why we as a nation are struggling with this whole racial issue uh, is because w- without that understanding that those are God-given rights and God gives them to all men, mm. uh, black, white, whatever, um, without that understanding, then you kind of separate it and understand, no, these are rights given by the state or by other men. Right. Uh, and, and if other men give them, then other men can give them to men whom they choose or they can take them away. Right. And that's where you get the separation of uh, nationalism versus patriotism. Nationalism, like uh, this nation is what, and this government is better because we have laws and rights. No, that's not, that's not what makes it better. What makes it better is that we have the understanding that those rights come from God and we fought to keep it that way. Right. But then, you know, as men do, men, you know, greedy men, racist men, whatever, um, made laws that said, no, those rights only apply to certain people. Right. Uh, which is where we get, you know, a lot of the disconnect. So um, looking at it from that perspective of, of the, you know, the nationalistic way, um, and even if you're opposed to it from that way, you join a part of the divide. 
So for, in my mind, the people that say, I'm not going to put a, a flag in my church, you're, you're, you're like the other group of the people that say, you know, nationalism, America first. Um, yeah. you're, you're, you're not making it better. You're just the, the other side of their coin. Right. Uh, versus being the voice of reason that says, yeah, I, I, I'm in this country. I'll put a flag in my church. Yeah. Because, you know, God provided these rights. I'm an American citizen. I'm a Christ follower. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. So to turn this to a happy place. <laughs> so what, what are your plans? You, do you guys have any um, things that you do for the 4th of July? What are your plans? Um, the 4th itself will probably go to one of my brothers or sisters and have a cookout. But um, we're, we're actually celebrating it this coming Sunday because in Fayette County, they're in Uniontown, they're putting their fireworks show off this Sunday instead of next Sunday. Oh. So we're going to be um, at our church, at Cherry Tree Alliance. Um, we have a big thing where they set up food in the parking lot and you can come and put your lawn chairs down and the fireworks are actually just a couple blocks away from where the church is. And we just have a, there's going to be music and stuff for the kids all going on that evening and then to build up to the fireworks. So that's kind of what we're doing. Oh, cool. cool. How about you? Um, normally I just try to cook out. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> whether if, if it's, I'm doing the cooking or find someone else who's doing the cooking where I can just go to their cookout. Normally that's what we do. But I think this year, what we may do is uh, because I haven't seen, I mean, I just came back from vacation seeing my family, but I haven't seen any of Christie's family since like last year sometimes. So uh, we may, right after church on Sunday, drive up to Rochester to visit her family and and spend that day and Monday, because Monday is when... Right, is the actual holiday. holiday. Yeah, so uh, we may spend that Monday just up there and then come back on like Tuesday evening, so... Um, that would be good. Yeah, even up there, I'm still going to try to get them to cook out. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that sounds like fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's more than just about a cookout. It is. And if you want to do the fireworks thing, do it. Uh, if you want to do, um, you know, the cookout thing, do it. If you want to do the family, you know, thing, do it. I know this for me, I, I mean, in our church, I think we're going to be going over the book of Jude. Uh, but yeah. part of us going over or starting a series, going through the book of Jude a series, it's only one chapter. So it's only going to be two weeks, but <laughs> when we do, we're going to start with, you know, talking about um, things that were worth fighting for and this right. nation's independence. And I know I've seen a lot of pastors. I'm not going to talk about it, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, it's, it's to me, it, it you realize that you have the ability to talk about whatever you want mm -hmm. because of Independence Day. Right. So refusing to talk about it and not acknowledging it doesn't, 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 doesn't make, make sense. sense. Yeah. yeah. That's like being, I hate doctors. <laughs> I refuse to see doctors, even though I've had three heart attacks and it was doctors who saved my life three times. Right. It's, it's just, uh, you know, yeah. I don't know. It, it doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah. uh, and I, I've done this numerous times, read through parts of uh, the Constitution and parts of um, the Declaration of Independence and reiterated over and over, even if I sound like a broken record, uh, the rights that we fought for were ones that God gave us. Yeah, exactly. It's true then, it's true today, and they're still worth fighting for. Exactly. And, and, you know, for years, I used to go to the mall down in Washington, D.C. and watch the fireworks on 4th of July down there. Spectacular. Yeah. Event. Yeah. Yeah. When um, I lived in Virginia, we went, I think, once or twice. Yeah. But it was such a headache trying to. It is a it. headache even, to get even in Even trying there. to take the train down there to get, it was so crowded and packed. It was such yeah. a, so we, I think yeah. we went twice, if I can remember correctly. I would go, we would go every fourth of july and every memorial day when i lived down there 
Yeah. And uh, that, that was our tradition. And, uh, but um, you know, wherever you are, you know, wherever, wherever life takes you on the 4th of July, my encouragement is to stop and thank God for the freedoms that he has given us Amen. Yeah. through his, through his son. Yeah. And I think that is, that is almost verbatim to what God tells the Israelites. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's Jeremiah 29. Most people only think of Jeremiah 29, 11, where he says, I know the plans I have for you. But that entire chapter is about God saying, yes, I know you're in captivity. I know you're in another country, uh, but make a life for yourself there. Uh, celebrate life there, prosper there, because I am with you there. Uh, and all of the rights and privileges you have are ones that I am blessing you with while you're there. And that's the way I see we're here in America. We're not in captivity, yeah. but we are still blessed by God. This is not, as we've said many times, our home. Uh, we're, our, right. We have a heavenly home, um, but we are ambassadors of Christ. Uh, we're ambassadors here in the U.S. And while we're here, uh, use every opportunity to thank God for his blessings and to let other people know that all of these blessings come from God. Yeah. And this Sunday being independent, not this one, but when that Sunday comes on Independence Day, that's perfect opportunity for every pastor. It would be, what would it be like? And I tried to get pastors in like our local ministerium to do this, but everyone wants to do their own thing. I was like, what would it be like if on one Sunday or for a couple of Sundays, everyone was preaching on the same thing, same series, same topic, preach the verses that you want, preach it the way you want, whatever, but same topic. What would it be like? This is Independence Day on a Sunday. If every pastor in every church in America was preaching on the foundation that, hey, God gave us these rights. He gave us to us then. He gave them to us now, and they're still worth fighting for. I mean, what yeah. would that say if people left, and as they were talking about stuff, they all found out that every pastor in America preached pretty much the same topic, you know, the freedoms yeah. that God gives us and how they're worth fighting for. That would be, like, astounding, mind-blowing, and it would, it would show to the world that, yeah, you know, the church is vibrant and active and alive and doing God's work in America. Right. Right. But that can't happen because they won't even allow a flag in. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. So, um, yeah, I mean, I can't even follow that up. <laughs> that, that, that would be so mind blowing. And, you know, it's like, what, the other the other part of that though is what if america every american put aside republican democratic independent thoughts and and celebrated freedom okay you realize there's a bunch of people listening right now from either of those groups that said okay i'm done with them and just turned us off i know i know <laughs> but, but but what would that mean though yeah, yeah. I, I mean, agree. it would be, it would be, it, it would be heaven on earth, basically. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So. I mean, I would just, I would just be happy if, if all of the congressmen and all the senators agreed on one thing, but uh, that's a whole different discussion. All right. So why don't you, uh, can you uh, pray for us and then we'll end? Uh, actually, no, pray for us. Actually, let me do this because I want your prayer to be the last thing. Uh, next podcast we have normally, once we finish a podcast, uh, it may be weeks or days beforehand before we actually come up with a topic for the next one. But for the next podcast, um, I'm hesitant to say this in case she changes her mind. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Mark and I were talking and he has asked his wife, Dawn, to come on the podcast uh, to talk about something that I think a lot of people deal with. And, and that's the fact that many people think that if you're not a pastor or a minister or in some role with a title, that you're not doing God's work. And Mark and I have, I mean, we've talked about this off and on many times before. If you're just living a God honoring life for God and just loving other people, um, you're doing God's work. You're doing what God has put you here to do. 
so we have asked her, Mark has asked her uh, to come on the podcast. So that's what we're going to talk about the next time we meet. But uh, we're done with this one on pastor burnout and patriotism. So Mark, can you pray for us and yeah. for our nation? Father, we thank you for this time together um, and this opportunity that we have to, to come together. And Lord, we just ask that you would be with the many pastors and, and church leaders that are feeling burnout right now, that you would just uh, wrap your arms around them and, and give them an encouragement that can only come from you. And Father, we also pray for our nation as we're coming up on the 4th of July. Um, Lord, just bring us together as a nation. Um, bring us together as a God-fearing nation once again. And uh, we just ask that you would just help us to be the example of that, that you would, you would help us to, to show your love to our neighbors around us, no matter who they are, no matter where they're from or what they do, that we can show love to them and celebrate the freedom we have in you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Amen.